Man, you guys can have a seat. Oh, it has been great so far. I'm excited for the rest. I hope you are too. Um, we want to talk to you a little bit about this thing you see on the screen. It says, each one reach one. And some of this, this has been going on for a long time, a couple thousand years actually. But um, it's been going on in my heart in a different way since last January. Last January... Uh, it was about a month before I became the senior pastor of Calvary Church. And I went away for about five days by myself. I went to a cabin up in the mountains. And this was like all alone, no cell service, no Wi-Fi, no TVs, no people. Just me, my Bible, a few other books, and just spending time with the Lord and, and wanting to hear from Him as, as I was stepping into this role. And God, what do you have for our church? And uh, even just, you know, like that kind of a thing. I mean, like first day, it's, it's almost like detoxing from the noise and the sound of, of the world and all the things that we're constantly bombarded with. And when you're in silence and being alone and then you know there's a few more days of it, it's almost a little crazy making it first. And then you kind of work your way through that part of it. But... I want, you know, to remove all that other sound, all those other voices, to be able to hear from the voice, the one voice that I really want to hear from in my life and for our church. And so in the midst of that time, I was praying, I was reflecting on the Word and kind of writing down some things and just thinking through, God, what do you have for us? And part of uh, even doing that, I, I wanted to, okay, Lord, where have we been? Like, who are we already? And if you want, you can turn. we got notes uh, in the outline. If you want to look there, you can. But I was thinking through even just like, okay, our purpose as a church, what has been our purpose statement for a while as a church, and really that is who we, like, like what we do, who we are already, what we're doing. This is like the whole thing of who we are, is that we as a church, we're a community where we connect with God and then we connect with others to grow in our faith so we reach Orange County and the world for Jesus Christ. Okay, so that's the whole thing, that we, all of us together as a church, we connect with God, we connect with each other, and we're growing, but we're not just growing so that we can keep getting fatter and fatter and fatter, right? We're growing for a purpose. We grow so we reach Orange County and the world for Jesus Christ. And then a couple years ago, we've had this vision that's about being better together, but it's so much more than just that. But our vision, this is not who we are, this is who we will be, who we seek to be. And so I'm reading through this and kind of reflecting and praying through it, that Calvary seeks to be a church family, that we want to be more than just an organization or a, a building or a service or something like that. We want to be a family that is better together, that we recognize that all of us at, together, we are better with all of our differences and uniqueness, and that in that we are better. And we are being continually changed by the gospel, that the good news of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, who he is, we are saved by that, but we also live by that each day, that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit and through the good news of Jesus to live each day and do everything he's called us to do. And so then out of that, we do that to love like Jesus across all cultures and across all generations. 
And we are this beautiful multi-generational church that is also growing, I think, to be more of a multicultural church. And that's wonderful, but we want to love like Jesus across all of that and to see God use us in our uniqueness. So I'm praying through those things and kind of reflecting on who we are and who we hope to be. But sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes these sorts of vision statements and purpose statements and all these sorts of fancy sentences that we spend all sorts of time in meetings crafting these, you know, maybe in your places of business or wherever you do that too. But sometimes it all doesn't really matter unless you actually do something that's in them, right? Like what matters is actually living these things out. And so I was trying to think, Lord, what is maybe a bit more of just a tangible way for us to be able to know this and express it as a church family that is better together. And so it's kind of come to this thing that we're calling each one reach one. Because as I was praying, I was, I was just really just drawn into the what's it all for? We connect, grow. Why? So we reach. We're being changed by the gospel. Why? To love like Jesus and reach people with the gospel. To see every person in Orange County reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, that would be amazing. But then it's like, okay, that feels too hard, too big. And so for us to feel like, God, what do you have for me to do? And so as I'm praying, as I'm reflecting, having this sense from the Lord of that we are to have each one of us reach one with the good news of Jesus Christ by Easter of 2020. And then have that person that we have reached with the gospel, that that person then becomes part of our family. That they are welcomed warmly into this family that we are growing to be more and more. And then they are also each one of them reaching one. Now, it's not like, I'm not trying to limit the gospel or limit God's power and say you can only reach one person with the good news of Jesus. But what I'm trying to say is, hey, let's all of us Say, Lord, what is my role in this? What do you have for me? That I can reach one person with the good news of Jesus. In this next year and a half, or whatever that is, Lord, I can reach one person. And if all these people in this room reach one person with the gospel, isn't that amazing to think about the eternity-transforming effect that we can have through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us? Because look, I want us to be a church that is growing. However, I have almost zero interest in us pursuing people from other churches to come to our church. That's not what this whole thing's about. This whole thing is about us seeing people's lives and eternities changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ for them to be saved and for them to join our family. And that's how our church grows. That's what I want us to be about as each one of us reaches one. So who do we reach? Who do we reach? Well, I believe we're called to reach our neighbor. And as a pretty uh, maybe cynical person, the scriptures asked, well, Jesus, who's my neighbor? And Jesus answered this guy when he asked, who's my neighbor? With a story, a very famous story called the Good Samaritan. And really what we see in that story is a bunch of people like me failing, religious leaders, and we see people that were different, that were other, that were not thought of as, as important. We see them uh, really reach out, this Samaritan, and respond to a person that was in need. And at some level, I want to tell you that, yes, 
The person that is your neighbor is the person in need. It is the person that's different than you. It is going to be messy like in this story. But it's also just the person that God is placing in front of you. That's what happened in this story. There was a person that was placed in front of these people. And some responded well. I mean, one responded well and most didn't. But for us to see who is my neighbor, well, I want to say that for you, it's the person that God is placing in front of you. It's probably in our culture, it's the person with who you work, live, or play. Okay? These three areas. He said live, work, play. So it's actual neighbors, right? Our people in the homes or apartments nearby us, it's our actual neighbors. It's the people at our place of, of work or school or wherever, those people you see every day. It's the people that we do the, uh, that we play with, our hobbies, our sports, or whatever those things are. Those people that God has put before us, those are our neighbor. And then God gives us a couple very, very, very important things to him in the scriptures that Jesus himself speaks of. And you can see in your notes, it says, the great commandment and the great commission. Okay? The great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment is in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. This guy asks him, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. Okay, so the number one greatest commandment is to love God with everything we got, okay? We love our God with all of our being. And then, Jesus says, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So all the scripture writings that they have up to this point, all of this depends on these two things. Love God and love your neighbor. As yourself, as much as you love yourself, because you do, let me tell you, okay? <laughs> love your neighbor that much. The person with who you live, work, or play, love them that much. And then he kind of shows us a little bit more of how with the Great Commission. And in my Bible, it's just a couple pages over in Matthew 28. And it's kind of the very last thing we have in this book of Matthew. When Jesus says... He says this to his followers, these disciples. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to hear these words for you right now. He says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always even to the end of the age. So Jesus gives this great commission that is, as you are going, as you live, work, and play, make disciples. Make people who are followers of Jesus and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be with you in this, he says. I'll be with you. My presence will be there with you. I will empower you through the Holy Spirit to be able to do this. And so we've got these things that are the most important things that Jesus says. Love God with all that you got. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And then as you go, make disciples. Each one of us, reach one. Each one, reach one with loving our neighbor. And then make a disciple of Jesus Christ. That is our calling. That is what we have been called and commanded to do. And so I want to encourage you in a few things. One, 
pray. Please pray for this. This is a Holy Spirit work. This is not about us. So we got to be praying. We'll talk more about how we've been talking about it a lot. I hope you could just say it back to me at some level, okay? That we want to be praying about this. Learn. Learn more. Be equipped. We have some great ways for you to be equipped. We'll talk more about. And then begin to take risks. Take small risks. Take small steps toward this. Take one risk, one step towards sharing the gospel with someone that you know and care about. And we're supposed to be investing in people's lives and inviting them into relationship with Jesus Christ and into our family. Now, one of the biggest things that's hard, I think, about this for all of us is obviously, I think some of this fear is a factor for us, and that's part of this life of prayer for it. But I think another is time, and it's the, the tyranny of the urgent, right? When it comes to just the stuff in our schedule, and we get ruled by whatever is just next in our schedule or the busyness of life. And what I want to encourage you in and challenge you in with is this, with this is, is if this is the, the greatest commandment and then this great commission, these things that Jesus prioritized to love your God and then to love your neighbor and then to make disciples, if, that, if that's what Jesus prioritized, let's have us prioritize that in our schedule. Let's make some efforts for us to make that a priority in our lives, to make disciples for each one of us to reach one. So we want to make this tangible for you. We want to make this in such a way that you can receive the challenge and then respond to it well. But this is what we're about. This is what we're about, to see the kingdom of God grow from people coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if you have experienced that love and that grace and that changed life for yourself, how much more do you want that news that's good, that good news to be shared with other people? And so I want to encourage you to take a step, to take a risk. And I'm inviting up Matt Doan, who's our pastor of REACH, to be able to share with us a little bit more about how can we do that tangibly. Welcome up, Donor. Welcome, buddy. <laughs> I love this vision. And it's not just because it's my job. <laughs> I love this vision because it moves us from being a cruise ship to being a missile cruise, a carrier. Somebody in a church that's on mission. Don't you want that? We don't want us to be a country club that shows up and says, nice job, see you next week. No, we're on an adventure of following Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul did the same thing in the first century. Thinking of the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, he pens these words inspired by the Holy Spirit in Romans 15.2. He says, each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. What Paul is saying is he expands on the Great Commission, the Great Commandment is this, is that our lives as followers of Jesus is not about us. It's about being others focused. Eric mentioned live and work and play, and we want to give you a tangible way to live out the each one reach one today, specifically in the places where you live. What if when Jesus was talking about neighbors, he actually meant our geographical 
neighbors, those that we live around. Think about the people that are next door to you, above you, behind you, and in front of you. What if those people are actually the neighbors that Jesus called us to reach? J.K. Chesterton was a great author and theologian, and I love these words that he says. He says, we can choose our friends, we can even choose our enemies, but God chooses our neighbors. Isn't that good? To think through that God has a sovereign plan for where each of us live. Each one, reach one in your neighborhood. Now, throughout uh, history of television, uh, TV's had a fun time of kind of poking fun at We don't get to choose who we live around. Even back to the I Love Lucy days, remember Fred and Ethel and the trouble that they would get into with Ricky and Lucy. And then in the 90s, there was Tim the Toolman Taylor. And do you remember he would look over his fence at Wilson and he would say, hey, Wilson? And Wilson would say the famous phrase, I don't know if you remember this, Howdy doody, neighbor. Something like that. (laughs) And then, of course, my favorite character from Seinfeld, Kramer, the wacky neighbor, next door neighbor of Jerry. And then who can forget Steve Urkel from Family Matters and the hijinks that he got into with the Winslow family. But perhaps the most famous TV neighbor of all time, and there was a documentary about him that came out this year, was Fred Rogers, right? Won't you be, won't you be, won't you be my neighbor? That version. (laughs) He was the ultimate neighbor, wasn't he? Fred Rogers, others focused, looking out for the interests of others. What would it look like to be on call and commission and mission in your neighborhood? What I want you to do is with the sermon notes that Eric referenced earlier, will you look at those more carefully? And at the bottom of that page is a grid that looks something like this. I want you to pull out a pen and just for about 60 seconds, will you do your best to fill out the names of the neighbors that live around you? You're in the middle, and I know not everyone's neighbors kind of work out in a perfect grid like this, but as best as you can, every one of us right now, will you take 60 seconds and write out the names of those that live around you. You may not know every name in that box. Maybe you just want to write the person with the white Toyota or the family with the golden retriever. But do your best for the next 60 seconds. Fill out this grid to the best of your ability.
10 seconds. All right. I hear some of you whispering to your spouses, what's the name of that guy that lives over here? <laughs> In some ways, this is a convicting exercise, isn't it? It is for me as your reach pastor, Calvary, as I filled this out for the first time going, woo. There's several boxes that I do not know the names of my neighbors, and I've lived in my neighborhood for 17 years. And so I know that this is not a perfect thing for any of us, but as an action step to the each one reach one, we want to challenge you here this morning to begin in your neighborhood, the place where you live. We're going to invite you this morning to take the Orange County Rescue Mission grocery bag challenge. You may have seen the grocery bags when you walked in this morning. Those aren't just for you to pick up when you leave and save 10 cents when you go to the store this week. <laughs> we have a specific purpose for those bags. They're actually in packs of eight. There's eight neighbors in the grid that you just attempted to fill out. What we're going to invite you to do over the next couple weeks is simply take one of the cards. There's eight cards here attached to the bags and one of the bags. And we're going to invite you See if I can do this. Okay. We're going to invite you to go up to your neighbors. Knock on the door. Hey, I'm Matt. Lived in front of you for the last 17 years. Never met you. <laughs> I want to meet you. What's your name? It's good to meet you. It's an honor to live on the other side of the fence of you. At my church, they've challenged us to to connect through the Orange County Rescue Mission. I don't know if you know, but the Rescue Mission has a food crisis going on right now. They need, desperately need food for this fall as we hit the Thanksgiving and Christmas seasons. I want to invite you, if you'd like to join me, I'll give you this bag, and my name is written on here, and my contact information. You can just fill out this bag anytime in the next couple weeks, drop it off on my front door, and I'll make sure it gets to the Rescue Mission. It's good to meet you. I hope we can see each other more. Now, I know that's a crazy thing right there, especially in Orange County, isn't it? I mean, this is like the ultimate extreme thing that we're asking you to do right now in our lifestyles of garage doors. And yet, if you could push yourself to do this, we're just trusting God that he would move through the power of the Holy Spirit to use you to live out the great commandment and the great commission in your neighborhood. Now, we want to have some grace on this. If you pass out bags, we don't want you saying, I'll be watching you every day to make sure that you're filling this out and turning it in within the proper time. No, it's, hey, I want to invite you to be part of this. We'd love for you to be part of this. But there's such a grace, too. If it doesn't work for you, it's okay. The point is to connect with your neighbors, to get to know those that live around you, that God's placed around you, and then to take the next step. But one of the practical ways is as you pass out these bags, you can invite people to return them to you in the next couple weeks. Over the next three Sundays, we'll have an Orange County Rescue Mission truck parked in the courtyard of church. And so as people drop off bags to you, you can simply bring those bags on Sunday morning with you and put them right in the truck. And that afternoon, they'll go back to the rescue mission. And our goal is to fill the warehouse. I'm praying for 8,000 bags to fill that warehouse at the rescue mission that will go out to people who desperately need encouragement this Thanksgiving and Christmas season.
Now, I know you. I love each of you. We're family, we're friends. About a third of you, you're like, this is awesome. I'm in. I want to do this. I'm already kind of doing stuff like this in my neighborhood. This is just the next step. I'm in. I'm grabbing my eight bags. They'll be distributed this afternoon. I'll have my groceries by Tuesday. We're good to go. That's about 33% of you. Maybe I'm a little high on that. Another third of you are like, yeah, I'll take the bags this, this morning, and I hope I can get around you. It's kind of a crazy ask, a little awkward, but I'm probably going to do it. And then a third of you, and I know you, we're family here, you're like, there's no way I'm ever doing what you're asking me to do. I want for a moment, though, for each of us to imagine. Will you look at your grid for a minute? And what if the person, what if one of the people on that grid was sitting with you here in six months? And it wasn't you. You just passed out a dumb bag with flyers. But God used you to reach someone with the good news of Jesus who desperately, desperately needs to know that God loves them and has a plan for their life. Wouldn't that be awesome? I want you to close your eyes right now, and I'm not going to do anything weird, <laughs> but just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you just to visualize someone on, those, on that grid of yours. And I want you next to visualize them sitting next to you on Christmas Eve here at Calvary Church. Think about that for a moment. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't you just be praising God that Christmas Eve service? Lord, you're so good to bring my neighbor with me. can open your eyes again. We want to equip you, though, beyond this. We know this isn't easy. And so there's a couple ways we want to help you with this. One is beginning next week, we're going to do our Art of Neighboring class again. This is a six-week course. It will be during our 11 o'clock groups hour. And it's a way for you to intentionally think through how you can see your neighborhood as a, a mission field. We also have a privilege, starting again next Sunday, to do a three-week apologetic course with a great guy named John Stewart. John's going to walk us through what are some principles of how to talk about our faith in Jesus Christ. That's at 11 o'clock during our group's hour. We'd love for you to jump into either the neighboring class or our apologetics class here. Eric kind of casually referred to it, but also can't say this enough, put in your phone, put on your calendar, remind yourself every day at 10.02 to be praying either a.m. or p.m. or both. The workers are few and the harvest is plentiful. Lord, send more workers into your harvest. Use me to each one, reach one. The only way this will be accomplished is through God moving. And then consider Christmas Eve. I know Target would have you expect this is tomorrow <laughs> but it's a couple months away but who will sit next to you on christmas eve we have a two o'clock and we have a four o'clock service coming up on the 24th of december who will be next to you awesome yeah and so this is good <laughs>
this is how we're ending this morning, okay? We're ending with going out, and let's do it, okay? We still have our 11 o'clock groups and workshops and all that, but, like, we are leaving this place to go and do it. We want us to be challenged to say, hey, Lord God, how can you use me to see your kingdom grow? And that if, if these bags can help you have a conversation with a human being that you've, like, maybe it's been a little too awkward to, like, have that conversation and ask their name again over the course of 17 or years or six months, whatever it is, that this can be a tool for you to, be, to use for the gospel, for the kingdom to grow. And that's what we want. We want to be praying for that, praying to see how God uses us. And by the way, it's never too early for Christmas, Matt. <laughs> I'm excited about Christmas in February. But, uh, no, it's, it, but it is. It's like the thing about that, though, is that this Christmas season is a season where like, people are much more open to an invitation to come and be part of a church service or something like that uh, or, or some sort of event than they normally would be. So we want to be intentional. We want to be intentional as we reach out to people. So as we close our service today, a couple things. One is we do have our ENF offering at the doors. That's our emergency needs fund offering as you walk out, which is a way that we can love our neighbors within our church and within our community to serve those who have significant financial needs. So that's an above and beyond way that you can give towards that. But then as you walk by them, you'll see the bags. They're there. Grab your stack of bags as a family and then begin to pray about how you can do this. And if you want to you know, include a plate of cookies or something as well. That might also, you know, be nice <laughs> of a way to cross that bridge with some of these people. All these things that we've talked about are in your bulletin. Some more information about the workshops starting next week. I want to encourage you to be part of those and uh, to be growing, to be equipping, getting equipped to be able to step into this. So I'm going to pray for us right now, and we're going to go as a church on mission to see how he will work in us and through us to make his name great in Orange County, to see each one of us reach one with the gospel by Easter of 2020. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We love you. Lord God, we ask, please work in our hearts. Work in our fears. Lord, work in our resistance. Lord, work in our busyness and, Lord, just whatever is holding us back. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit would empower each one in this room. That we would have a sense of your Spirit's power giving us all that we need. Lord, giving us a love for our neighbors. Giving us, a, Lord, a courage beyond what we have inside of us. Lord, giving us these opportunities, these open doors. And then, Lord, give us the words to say when, when the door opens before us, God. I pray for that for each one of us, and that you would use us to reach people with the good news of Jesus. Lord, and I pray for any of those who are in this room right now who don't know you, Lord, that have not received this gift of salvation. Lord, I pray that where you would meet them right now in this moment. That the reason we talk about this is because we've been changed and we just want them to experience what we've experienced in you, God. It's so beautiful and such a gift. I pray that they would receive that gift.
And I just speak to you right now, if that's you, that after the service, that we will have people at the prayer points. And if you want to come forward and receive that gift of salvation, it is available to you now. I pray this blessing over all of you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may he make his face to shine upon you. And may he be gracious to you. And then may he even through you show that grace to someone else. May he lift his countenance to you. And may he give you peace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.